You're listening to the Converging Paths podcast, brought to you by Barakat Trust, with the support of the Al Tajir Trust and the Aga Khan Trust for Culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Converging Paths podcast. And I'm very happy to be in Jeddah with Ahmed Angawi in a beautiful old house in the heart of historic Jeddah. Welcome, Ahmed, and thank you so much for being with us. Uh, welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you and it's a pleasure to be in this program. And I hope we have a fruitful conversation together, inshallah. Thank you. Well, I wondered, Ahmed, if you could tell us about your background first and what took you on the path of exploring and preserving your heritage. I've always been interested in craft and arts and tradition and many aspects of it. I think it's a big part of it because I was grown in, in that environment. My father is an architect, my mother is an interior designer. And from that time, I think since growing up, I always interacted with craftsmen. Visually, we're always very stimulated by the art and craft in the, in the region. My father have uh, established the Hajrisha Center a while ago, and since we were kids, we were always involved with him. We learned the importance of heritage, the importance of roots, and how can you move and live with it in a contemporary time, and yet be attached and revive the concept of living tradition in your daily life. And are you interested in specific heritage of a certain region of Saudi Arabia, or yeah, all I mean, of it? Uh, I don't want to be uh, biased because I'm from Mecca originally, but but I think what's beautiful uh, about Mecca is to have a collective part of all culture of the Islamic world. So in here you would see the influence from the Islamic world, from Egypt, from Yemen, from Morocco, all the way to India. And I think that's a big part of me being in love with my own heritage and yet it's very much connected to the whole world. And, and I always celebrate this idea of unity and diversity. And it's very much applied here if you look at the traditional cities in Jeddah, Mecca, Medina. It's always been this collective part and an influence. Uh, people always have seen us as a, as a culture that we took a lot from others but I, I like to see it in a way that yes we did inhale a lot of the cultures from around us and, and also we exhaled our own to the different parts of the world the same idea of Hajj people come to Hajj do their pilgrimage as well and in the past have always been influenced you see it in the house and the arts but they always go back with something with a new experience that they can out on in their own country you can see it applied in food and architecture and what's important is is you have this concept of balance. Uh, it does work all together in harmony. And I think that's a very key word when you talk about the Hijazi art or architecture. It does uh, it, it, it celebrate the diversity within the unity that we have in here. I think it's something as one wanders around Jeddah, one sees harmony, but also if you pay attention, like different details that yes. are related to other places around yes. the world. And um, I, I, I can see what you say about this region absorbing and also giving and sharing. And that I'm sure that if we travel around the world, yes. we'll find elements of Absolutely. Hijazi culture and Hijazi architecture. Absolutely. Um, Say the idea of cosmopolitan cities or multiple cities always been a mixture and the nature of this place since Abrahamic time and after it's always been this accumulation of, of knowledge that happened and, and it's very unique you can see it applied in the city you can see it applied in the people and the tradition uh, even in the, in the food yani. if you eat the food here the Indonesian food in, in, in Jeddah or in Mecca it's different than the, the food that you eat in Indonesia itself that's because it had this mixture it had this synergy an exchange that happened within here in Mecca and especially in this region I think that reflect for sure in the houses and also don't forget in the before whoever comes to Mecca uh, used to be families in charge for example people coming from Turkey from Morocco from India so uh, each family were also influenced and you can see that reflecting in the architecture you would do some work on the houses you would do some woodwork gypsum work as well so you have this kind of connection even 
when you go later on after Hajj, people of Mecca used to go to those countries to establish business and work and, and family ties between them and uh, the people who was coming to, uh, to Mecca. And is, was your family involved in hosting yes. people? Yes, we come from a family lineage of Mutawwafin. My grandfather and my father served them as well. He, he worked with Hajj. And we always take that as a big honor. We always say that our first craft is to serve the guest of God. And then whatever you do as a second craft, this is for your practice or for your life practice. If you're an architect or you're a doctor, and as much as possible, try to serve this important message that you're serving the city, you're serving the guest who comes in here. And was your family responsible for serving guests from a certain region or country or was yes, it the general? Yes, I'm from Europe, from Turkey, um, from Indonesia. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I remember my father saying a lot of stories uh, and every, every Meccan knows that when Hajj comes along, the whole city transforms. Everybody, they work for Hajj. The houses become places that host the pilgrimage that comes in. So it's a, a very important uh, happening that, that happens to the city and the complete city transforms to that. So imagine that happens through time and generation. Definitely is going to be engaging that reflects that in, uh, in, in the culture and the work itself. Actually, Ahmed, one of the things that's very striking about where we are is your wood workshop. Yes. And I wondered if you could tell us what what it does, how it came about, and why you focused on wood in particular. Wood is uh, such a, a live material, right? It, it comes from the tree, it comes from the ground. Even if you cut and you dry the wood, it's still alive, and it still bends, it still has its own way to breathe. So there's a way to treat it and sustain it, uh, and it, it does remind me as a human, when you touch wood, it's different when you touch metal. It, it's warm, it, 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 uh, people relate to it more, and all tradition in different cultures always has been using wood. For me, I fell in love with it because I saw the amount of it in the houses. I saw how, how it's each house in Mecca, Medina, and Jeddah uses a lot of wood, and, it, and it's a big part of our identity, a big part of our craftsmanship as well. So I wanted to focus on one element. Me being a background of an artist and a designer, uh, I know this concept that, you know, uh, I like to focus in many aspects. And there's this saying, you know, know something about everything and know everything about something. So I wanted to focus on one thing that I know everything about, and I chose to have it in wood, and more particularly as an application. You have the wooden, traditional wooden uh, windows that you see in, uh, in the houses here, and, and more specifically about the craft of mangur. It's been neglected for a long time. Nobody has been documented. Uh, it's, there's not a lot of analysis for it. So I wanted to dedicate a big part of my life and initiative to document this craft and to analyze it and then enable to innovate. Uh, I do believe craftsmen of the past have always been contemporary in their application. They have always listened to what happens at that time and produced the most beautiful objects and products by using the best materials at that time, the best tools. When we come to a time of age that technology is available, but what is the relationship between it and a human element and the hand, craftsmanship of hand? Uh, so that's why I go back again to the concept of balance. You need to address that because we live in a time where you need to be reminded of yourself as a human and what, is, what does it mean to be that and to live around a place that uh, makes you comfortable and maybe makes you remind yourself of your fitra, your, your true essence. So by working with traditional arts, you connect your mind and body and soul into an object. And I think that exercise is very important nowadays. You can create geometry by using computers, of course, you can come up with precise dimensions and so forth, and you can also draw it by hand. But to do the journey by hand, you end up gaining a lot. You're training your hand, you're training your mind to focus into a beautiful geometry that you see reflected in front of you. 
And yet again, all of us within us, within our molecules, yes, it's just this language, the universal language of art, the universal language of geometry. There's always an order of that. There is an order, there's a language, there's a designer, there's a creator. And I liked always to be celebrating that and, and, and inspired by that. This is the way of Kafan of the past, the artisan of the past, to create beauty. Uh, and beauty is such an important concept in Islamic art, as you know. And how to reach that is you need a lot of practice, you need a lot of uh, commitment, and, and, and to be infused with those proportions and ratios. Beauty can be analyzed mathematically, and you can see what makes things beautiful or not. And that, I think, is an important aspect that we, we celebrate and we, we nourish a lot. Well, for the benefit of those of us who can't see a workshop and who don't know what Mungur is, mm. which is the kind of woodwork you've focused on particularly, can, mm. how would you explain it or would you describe it? Well, the word Manjur, uh, you can say Manjur or Mungur, and you need to have a lot of precision in cuts uh, uh, in order to get a perfect product in the end. And for me, uh, I think it's, it's something that has always been living around it, and I see the importance of Roshan. Roshan, you, you can see them in the architecture in Jeddah and the houses in the region. It's that object that separates uh, two spaces. Uh, it's not a complete isolation. It's a separator between an inside and outside, and yet it's done with such beauty. People from inside enjoy the beautiful pattern that come through the light from outside to in. And at the same time, at night, the, the, uh, the light that comes within the house, it reflects in the alleys uh, at night. So it's, uh, it embodies the idea of sitter in Islamic architecture. It's the idea of privacy uh, that it doesn't completely uh, uh, isolate you from the space. It's a communication between you and the, and the public. So the Roshan is a projecting window made of wood that you, you say is a connector as much as it is the marker of what is inside and what is outside. Yes, because there's always this relationship between the public and, and the private. So you can have a semi-public or you can semi-private, and it, it is a connection between the people who works uh, and works in the alley, works in the, in the streets, and the people living within the house itself. And this particular windows, it applies all over the world. If you can see in London, for example, you have the bay windows, and a lot of uh, architects have celebrated light and, and wind to come within the house. So it was the form of air conditioning, if you can say it nowadays. It, it allowed the wind to come in, it allowed uh, the light to come in. Um, so it was that celebration of that. In Islamic architecture, you know, the idea of privacy, that's why it was amended in that way. That's why there were those beautiful patterns or, or partition that came along. And yet it, it does, as I say, uh, separate you from the space, but it's still you can have uh, communication with it. And most of the houses, if you look at here, they're mainly made from a lot of wooden windows. Um, if you look at the structures, a lot of, of course, stone built, but the openings are, are, are big openings, and there's a lot of void within those houses. And the house also grows with the family. So you're able to extend apart by using those voids, and you can add the floor, and that's why you have this organic field within the house. You have the main uh, vein uh, of, uh, of the house as a center, uh, around the stairs, and then everything let on reflect that within the spaces. And I think that's something that really uh, inspired me in, in, in the, the local architecture that we have in here. And wooden work, I mean, windows is one application of it, which I like to focus on. But of course, you have furniture, you have pieces that is done also by wood, that is used a lot in the, in the region here. And I, once I found there is a missing part, or uh, there's not a lot of craft, unfortunately, that works in this field, maybe that made me go through it further. And I wanted not only a person to just design those screens, but to make those screens as well. As a living Saudi, here, produce them and make them. So you, your workshop trains people to make this lattice mangur work, right? Yes, I am, I'm, a, I'm a maker on wood. 
I'm in my way to become a, a craftsmanship because craftsmanship you need to have a lot of time and commitment. Alhamdulillah, I reached to a good stage that I, I teach and I, I have a lot of students right now that are teaching in different institutions. And I think that's a very important part to continue this craft. And it's not a one-man thing at all. It has to be a collective of work. So my workshop in Al-Balad, I wanted to be in Al-Balad to make sure that the, still, the craftsmanship is still alive in this area. Uh, I do my own products, I do my own art, uh, but definitely a big part of it is the edu education aspect. Uh, so I helped us establish a school here that was done by the Princess School Foundation and Jamil Art. It was the first school in, in Al-Balad that teaches Islamic art and craft. And also another school done with the Ministry of uh, Tourism and Antiquities uh, with Turquoise Mountain that focus also on wood and gypsum work. But now, alhamdulillah, the school became uh, a big institution, it's called Trita, uh, which the government and the Ministry of Culture are in charge of it. And now we have a program that lasted for a year or two, and there's more uh, future plan to come along. The importance of craftsmanship and education in any traditional city it keeps it alive to bring the new blood, the new generation, to get them involved in our heritage, and yet to create contemporary pieces by using tradition technique. And how did you learn it? Were there still people that knew how to do it? In the region here, I met few, but to practice, the practicing, uh, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find a lot. Uh, but um, I, I, I had to travel around. I know. Uh, as I mentioned, Mecca has always been a collective part, and even the name Umm al-Qura. I wanted to go and, and visit those cities and, and live in those cities and interact with the craftsmen there in order to bring back something that we lost. Um, so I went to Egypt, I lived there, I lived in Morocco and Turkey and I lived in different part, in Tunis, different part of the Islamic world just to be not only learning about this craft but to be infused in, in, in the concept of traditional cities, the urban cities and what makes them a living place. Uh, it's, it's, it's a whole uh, component that feeds one another. The craftsman, or, or it's an important human element in that. It embodies a, a living uh, craft that produce. So any traditional city have an object that it produce. If you look at Fez in Morocco, they produce the most beautiful leather, and they even export it to Europe. Uh, so I, I came to understand that okay, what is Jeddah producing? What is it exporting? What is the object that can help it sustain it to have this economical factor running within the city? And it, of course, embodies in the makers, the craftsmen itself. So, uh, that's why I wanted to, to uh, not only to talk about it, but to actually do it, to be here, to be involved, to produce pieces and to train, to have a team that can produce this craft. And inshallah, all the other craft will come along. But the idea of makers is important now in this time of age. I mean, we, as you know, we went to the Industrial Revolution, Agricultural Revolution, the Internet Revolution we came. Now information is just a click, a button click. You can find anything you want to know. So we live in a time that we can make something out of this information, either physical or metaphysical, ideas or, product, or to produce products. That requires time in order to, to craft something. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a believer, of course, of balance. So I'm not anything against technology or machine. The simple technology can be produced and you can produce it by machinery. Uh, but uh, it depends on and the end result, depends on the client, depends on what you're trying to reach. But it's important to continue the two lines together. And some of them, on some occasion, they work uh, hand in hand together, as long as it doesn't replace the human factor from, from it. Uh, one thing about the craft, it uses simple tools. So you need to buy a heavy machinery that depends on a, a certain company that produces work. So you're really introducing the soft power to the community. You're enabling the normal average person who lives in the city to come and produce and work and to have a, a risk and a sustainable income for his own self and his own family. 
when I when I look around here, around the craftsmen here, you always, يعني find, uh, as you know, the culture of 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 craft or hand handwork is always with stereotype and took it in a way that is souvenir object and it's it's only just aesthetically they're not functional. So that's why the importance of design have to come on and work with the craftsmen. Because the craftsmen of the past, they were the designers, they were the builders, they were the people who produce and architecture and work. But there was this uh, disconnection a bit, I think, from from the demands of nowadays. So, for example, if when I went to to Fes and see the beautiful leather work, they produce beautiful bags, and and but that's because they they made the size of the bag that fits a laptop. It had more demand and more people were buying it because the craft have to cope with today's time and what the needs of it. And I think that need to be more practiced, not to, need to be more engaged. Uh, and of course, if you talk about architecture now, the materials are different. Everything was getting it from different materials, different resources. Um, and Jeddah was a good case because before the builders were here, but once you have cement and the new technology came along, people start building with different materials. So the craftsmen or the builders don't have um, the application to do that in that new material. Um, for that, I think it's important to address that. Well, your workshop, what kind of things does it focus on teaching people? And how do they use those skills? Uh, very important system here in Al-Balad is to... Al-Balad is like a huge uh, vocabulary of, of a library. You can see from visuals, from the patterns, from this. So I focus on local geometry we have here in Al-Balad, which is connected to the Islamic world. So you can see the analysis of that, how they were done, what's the proportions of it, the application of it. And uh, I focus on what, uh, as, a, as, a, as an application of that geometry. So the essence of it, of the focus on the geometry, the DNA structure, how to develop those patterns. And, and, and participate or the students see the beauty of that, and how they can create. And uh, after that, of course, they com- do a composition of piece that they can produce themselves. I'm very interested to do design and make. And I think this approach nowadays is very important um, to understand it's not just a piece of wood that you see as decorative piece. It takes a lot of time and, and, and efforts to do this piece and, and to understand the knowledge that's been passed on from one generation to another. Uh, and I'm glad right now that there is an institution that does this. Of course, teaching traditional art it, it's, it's different than teaching academic work. You need to have the apprenticeship program be applied where you stay and work with the master craft and to get the reach to whatever you want to reach to. And that, alhamdulillah, has been applied and we're in the first steps to revive whatever we have lost from, from our craft. Well, we're sitting in a very beautiful house overlooking a tree and quite an attractive quarter of old Jeddah. And I know you're heavily involved in its restoration and revival. And I wondered if you could tell us a bit more about what you're doing to preserve and revive the city um, on an urban level. Well, uh, the connection with me and Balad, again, it's been always been something in my childhood because my father have established the first architecture office, a focus on restoration in Beit al-Shafi here in Balad. So I used to come here when I was young. But I used to always pass by this area in particular, which is Hart al-Yaman. And now we sit in Beit al-Sharqi, which is a beautiful interjection between lane called Zugag al-Layat. And this lane uh, in the past used to be filled with people who produce layat, uh, which is the hookah pipes that uh, you know the small shisha from, or, and it's a traditional uh, uh, craft and object that is to be filled in the street. But nowadays, there's not any more people who produce this. Only few. Um, for, of course, being in here, I want to revive whatever we, uh, in the history of this location, uh, and try to bring back whatever we have lost. But also at the same time, innovate if needed, uh, a technique or craft that can be a continuous of that uh, chain. 
and this district in particular is known uh, for, for craftsmen, known for makers. But I wanted to place myself in this beautiful, humble house. Um, and then within this uh, location, we have uh, different uh, entities, like the library, you have open studios for artisan. Uh, we have the makerspace, which is the wood workshop. Um, and we're developing even uh, local uh, uh, cafe restaurant for people to come and eat local food from here. And for me, I feel after visiting all the cities, I know gentrification will happen eventually. But how far will go from the essence of the city? And, I, and, I, and I'm very much concerned about the human element in Al-Balad. And again, that embodies in the maker, in the craftsman. So I station myself here, I move my studio in this, in this location. We'll have a research center that produce and document uh, the archive of uh, the beautiful patterns we see in geometry of Al-Balad. And, and, the, and teaching that uh, as a continuous line for people to come and practice. We have a lot of people coming with a designer background, architects, and even people doesn't have any idea or background in art. But once you introduce them in this way, simple way of learning, they get engaged. And some of them have already practiced and been developing their own business by that. And this place in particular, I, was, I felt like to connect it and, uh, with the concept. And I, I love this uh, name of Zawiya, and I called it Zawiya Sabah Tusain, because Sabah Tusain, 79, it's uh, the direction of Qibla from Jeddah to Mecca, so southeast 79. So inshallah, eventually we have in the future to open in Medina, in, in Darhiya, in different parts of the Islamic world in Egypt. So you have a different angle uh, and a number. Uh, if you have in Medina, it's called me, uh, 167, and in Riyadh, it's a different numbers, and, and Egypt is a different number, but it opens only in traditional cities. And for me, that's important to... Uh, in, a t- in a time of age we live everything with speed and data and, 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 and change it's important to reconnect again to the direction to the source uh, and, and to celebrate the Islamic beauty of art that started from the beautiful message that started from Mecca and Medina so it's reconnecting Mecca again to the world for eventually with craft and the knowledge we have let's say in Zawiya in Egypt you have this exchange of arts and culture that comes back again for that's the hope of it I think to reconnect again, Saudi and Mecca in particular, to, to the world uh, by the crafts and arts. And I know that the government is very heavily involved in the upgrading of this area. Yes. Can you just give us a summary of what sort of things are taking place? Yes, now, alhamdulillah, there is a clear direction. Uh, in the past, Jeddah have suffered to, to and many, many different stages of it. What happened to Jeddah is not because of, um, not because of downgrade. It's because of upgrades. Since we had the sudden wealth of oil, that discovery of it in the 70s, and so people start uh, getting want to be more comfortable living in more comfortable houses. So they moved outside the Balad to live in concrete houses, uh, to have established even cities based on car center design, not human center design. For now, there's a return back to Al Balad. Now there's a, a, a appreciation for art and craft more than before, and with the municipal culture being pioneering in that. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, preservation has been done. Uh, you used to hear a lot before, a lot of houses been demolished for all time, but now you don't hear it anymore. Alhamdulillah, everything now is been uh, assessed and analyzed and worked on in a, in a plan for, for a couple of years to come. For my role here is, I, I'm an advisor. I work with the Ministry of Culture. Uh, I work on a ground level to create uh, uh, change within the society, within the urban fabric of al um, with this focus in particular on the craftsmanship um, and I think that's very to reflect organically in the growth of uh, development of it and there's huge other plans other than what I'm doing here there's much bigger plans that's happening in Al-Balad so um, I have the pleasure and really the help of being here 
uh, this house was available because of, in, in sync in collaboration with the Ministry of Culture. Uh, and now I have a place that I can stay and I can do my work and my studio. And, uh, and yeah, these big plans will happen. Uh, if you look at Jitter in the coming next year, you will see a big development happening. Again, I, I wanted to really focus on the human element because I think it's uh, unfortunately it's been decaying. There's not a lot of people coming, uh, living in Al-Balad. And it's because the infrastructure is still not ready, they're still really fixing things. But being here and being living in here uh, while this is happening, I think it's a, it is an important part. How do you see investing in the human element through your work in historic Jeddah? And I mean, what do you hope to achieve in the next few years? Definitely establishing that research center and documentation uh, place that, that really understand the language of our architecture and our work in order for us to innovate. We have to really understand that language before we start innovating anything. And then how that can be applied later on in new cities and new development that's happening around Jeddah uh, with that new language. I think it's a, you need to create a contemporary uh, traditional Hijazi house or contemporary Roshan or contemporary uh, place to, uh, to live in. And I think to start from the heart of it, it is important. Um, and, and alhamdulillah, there is, there is, now it's open to the world. People always, you find guests coming, the tourists, people coming from all around the world to Jeddah. Uh, the kingdom is opening all around. And alhamdulillah, and we have much more uh, uh, you know, visitors coming and, and, and communication with, with the whole world itself. And this is a good time to be creative, to, a good time to produce. Um, so the relationship between the public and private sector is much better than how it used to be before. And you can do much changes by, by working together in that because you have a much bigger goal. You want to have the Balad, Al-Balad in Jeddah, and Al-Balad in general as a kingdom of Saudi Arabia to nourish and have beautiful objects that produce from Saudi Arabia, produce from Jeddah, and we'll be proud of it. Uh, functionally, aesthetically beautiful, and also it, whenever you purchase a product, you know that you're uh, a craftsman can be sustaining his work. Uh, the end user will be uh, have, having a, a good product, functional product. He'll be happy with, and it will, of course, help the trade factor in general to produce an object from a city. If you were to talk about the traditional architecture of Jeddah that inspires you so much, how would you describe it? And what makes it special? And how does it resonate with the idea of the human element that you've spoken a bit about? One thing that's interesting me is the proportion of those buildings. Everything was done here as a human-centered design in a way that you look at the component of the architecture here. There's many uh, many components of architecture that celebrate that. And each time I look at a piece, it reminds me of a certain part of the world. And yet it's very authentic to what we have here. Uh, for example, if you look at the Roshan that we have in Mecca, it's very uh, complex piece, but yet it's, um, it celebrates this diversity that you see around the world. I love the organic feel of a building. I love the stone that they used, the, the, the woods that has been used in the houses here. It's comforting for some reason. Um, the, the alleys and the lane also itself is a journey. Uh, we live in a time that destination is important, but we neglect the journey. You can see that in any city around the world. But if you walk around the village, even if you're not buying anything from the soup, you still get this experience by talking to somebody, bargaining with somebody, a whole different experience when going to a mall. You know, it's, it's, it's a different type of uh, journey that we take. And I like to celebrate this journey in my work. It reflects inspired in my work in terms of how to show the progression of geometry that come up with the end, end, end piece result. And also the journey that people comes along and walk around, but that you will gain something for sure, even if you just walk around. And many people from different parts of the world, they, they feel comfort for some reason around the ballad in particular. 
Uh, and it's because because it built with that organic feel. It, it does have this human touch in it. It does feel comfortable. And now new cities have been studying that and developing ways that to promote pedestrian work, promote uh, people walking. It's a challenge in Saudi Arabia because of the temperature and so on, but there's a lot of solution to do. You know, having the lanes and the houses be built to, to accommodate the wind and having, of course, plantation and, and trees, it will help reduce the temperature. And people can enjoy it uh, inside their house as much as they can enjoy public spaces around them. And for the next few years, what do you plan to focus on? I would like to be um, living more in Al-Balad. Um, I'm making decision now to, to be living and working in Al-Balad. I think it's important to people to live in Al-Balad since all the houses here are named by the families. And I th- the return back to the families of Al-Balad to Jeddah is a big, big part. And uh, to, it's an important touristic destination. And that's important for the economical factor for the city. And also, you need to uh, work also as, as a city that people can live, as a real city that people can live in. So I hope that uh, this can be accomplished in terms of the culture of makers here. You will come and walk around, you would hear craftsmen working, you hear the walking people working. What you would see objects that are produced by the city that can people um, can purchase, can buy, can be inspired by. Uh, establishing an educational uh, institution here that promote that uh, more. Uh, more to promote the idea of uh, the continuation of design and craft. I think that connection is very important to establish. Um, and inshallah to, to have uh, Jeddah again back to the map in, in, in a most pleasant way, in a most uh, uh, celebrate tradition, living tradition in a place like this. For me, it's, it's a goal that I want to reach to. I want to focus more others and other craft. If I give this right for the Mongol and Roshan and document and establish a book, about this craft, I can move into other craft regarding the Hijaz region in particular, and then move in within the Kingdom region, inshallah. What other crafts do you think re- require focus and attention and are a prominent part of the culture? Definitely masonry work, because it's part of the architectural work in here, the wood, uh, the stone work as well, gypsum work, uh, and uh, inshallah introduce others, uh, like uh, uh, brass work, uh, leather making, uh, there's many crafts, uh, in Jeddah and in the Kingdom. In the Kingdom we have the Sadu, for example, the Art of Sadu, which is done in a, such an amazing way. It's been documented and it's been uh, UNESCO heritage. Uh, it's weaving, right? Uh, yes, it is. And also, Al-Gattar Asir, is a good example. You see it in Asir, a beautiful color painting inside the houses. Um, there's many already, Alhamdulillah, we succeed to have it uh, uh, there and been trained. So I hope we, in Jeddah there's so most of the craft, so whether it was connected to architecture or object, uh, it's either two things. The object, it contains you as an architect. The object, you can contain it and you can hold it, you can work with it. I hope furniture will be involved. Uh, uh, and uh, eventually, a lot of the art, beautiful pieces will come along afterward. But my focus is really to focus in the functional aspect and the aesthetic aspect together in, a, in a, an object, in a product. To see people producing work and they can sustain a living uh, out of this, uh, out of this craft, because at the end, al-harfa wal-sanaa wal-mehna, they're all connected together, and uh, we need to have people can sustain that, not for hobbies, no, to actually work and produce work, and we can train Saudis to produce and make. We've been known in the past maybe as a consumer society, but now alhamdulillah is changing. We're becoming a producing society, and that's the aim to have something that we can produce and and export all over the world. And you find that in the past few years, there's a difference in terms of perceptions and responses to 
using crafts as an economic driver and linking heritage to um, economic activity. And Absolutely, yes. Uh, the government doing a, a lot of great initiatives. There's now Made in Saudi. Uh, there's a lot of uh, design in Saudi as well. There's a lot of interest in documenting the craft uh, and going to the master craft and, and, and really applying a program of teaching from, from that. But this has already been happening more than before at a speed that is really good. Uh, and I think uh, we've been in many cultures, maybe in the past, which is we haven't been celebrating hand, hand craftsmanship work, even um, in, in back rooted in our culture, you would see people look down upon craftsmanship, crafts, uh, or uh, the person who are producing craft. Um, you will have uh, either maybe marry, you will marry one another from the family, you know, because he's working with his hand. But the irony of this, if you look way, way back, the prophets all work with their hand. They all have herfa, they all based on the craft. But I think this perception is changing for sure. Uh, there's more appreciation of that. Consider as national heritage. You know, there's all those master crafts right now, there's more appreciation of it. They've been appreciated, they've been participating in a lot of important uh, happenings. For, this is something to look up for, for more. And so you feel that it could be that there are new generations of master craftsmen that are being developed and developing in Jeddah and the region? Yes, definitely. I and mean, We are in the beginning phases of it for sure, but definitely there is going to be more. And uh, it's going to be unique because, as I mentioned before, the ideology of Mecca, or the, the, the way how Jeddah as a, embodies the idea of collective uh, culture, collective part, you can revive back again whatever you have lost. You can reconnect again to the Islamic world, connect to the world back again, to revive whatever we have here in Jeddah. Doesn't mean they don't have have something authentic and been continuing from one generation to It's 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 a bonus that you have you have that. You can see it even in the food, the fusion of cultures that comes. You can create with the best food you can get. So if the pilgrimage come along, and he, he does his Umrah, he does his Hajj, he gets something that is made from Mecca, made from India, made from Jeddah, back home. So inshallah we reach that, that, that essence, that, that stage, and, and, and to, be, to be proud of something like that that we have that came from this land and exported all over the world. Well, it's a wonderful initiative and I've come back here three days in a <laughs> row, which proves that there's something very attractive about what you do and about the place. And I hope that um, many, many other people uh, follow suit and get involved and inshallah. invest their time and interest into living around heritage and making a living from heritage. Inshallah, next time you'll be staying more than, coming here more than three days, you'll have a place that you can actually live instead of staying in a, in a different hotel or different part of, you'll be living in Jeddah. And that's what we hope to be accommodate. Researchers, scholars that you can come and stay in the middle of Jeddah to interact and work with artists. And we've been having that here for a while, the artist residency, artisan residency program. We started that three years ago here in, 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 in Zawiya in Balad. And Alhamdulillah, there's a lot of interest in that. To apply a live and work concept here, I think it nourishes. And there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of demand that people want to live here. But inshallah, it'll be a different time. Whenever you come, you'll see something growing and something happening. I hope so. So you think that there could be a chance for people from Jeddah to come back to the historic city? For sure. Because I know that, I mean, in the past decades, many houses have been empty or yes. sometimes occupied by people that live here because they have no other place to live. Yes. But it would be nice to see more people move Definitely. here because they really want to live here more than anywhere else. It will happen gradually for sure. And I think uh, once you establish the infrastructure of the city, it will be much easier for people to live. Uh, and in Jeddah in particular here, people have uh, 
beach houses that they go in the weekend and they go 20 minutes to half an hour to another place to enjoy the beach. So for me, I feel like maybe it will start something like that. that maybe come on, people of Jeddah can stay two or three days mm-hmm. in the old Jeddah and then eventually people will have to stay longer and longer. So definitely it will be uh, not only boutique hotels, not only Airbnb concept, but apartment and residence. And that's what I hope it will happen, that people can stay and stay. So whenever people coming and visiting Jeddah, you will meet the local families in, in Al-Balad and interact with them. And I think that's a very important goal to be, become a real life city based on uh, real people living here and producing work. And um, it will be like any traditional city, but living in this time. It's not like a stage like they only do for performance or in terms of events and so it's an all year going happening thing. So I think in order to do this, you have to live here and, and everything will happen eventually organically after that. That sounds like a great vision and um, I wish you the best of luck and I sure. hope that next year and the following years people do find places to live in the city and that the houses that are today vacant will become thriving again. Inshallah. I think there is already a good signs of it. And um, next time we'll come, definitely we'll have a place to stay in. Bismillah. I look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ahmed. And uh, we wish you the best of luck in this amazing journey. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.